0: Welcome to the Forward With Purpose podcast. Your hosts are Linda Keener Thomas from the National Memorial for the Unborn and Mindy Lefishore from An Even Place Virtual Abortion Healing Groups and Coaching for Pro-Life Ministry Workers. We understand the power of addressing the abortion wound, which then allows us to confidently stand in the gap for the next person. We also understand how lonely and heavy this work can be. This podcast is designed to connect you with other leaders doing this work, to learn from the vast wealth of knowledge and experience that is out there. God has designed you for greater things. God has commissioned you to a precious and sacred place in abortion recovery ministry work. It is our hope you are encouraged and equipped as you move forward with purpose in your ministry. I'm going to just... let you guys get into it. I'd love for you to share each of you since there's two of you if you could just share your stories just for like you know two or three minutes, you mm-hmm. know and then how you got here and um <clears throat> and just let everybody know who you are All
1: right. <laughs>
2: or, and, and before we get started, is there anything that God's putting on your heart that you would like to share with others that maybe we don't have on the question sheet? Yeah, it's
0: mm-hmm. a good question.
1: I bet that'll come up as well I don't trying. know. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, well, yeah. And state your name. Cause I haven't introduced you okay.
1: yet. So, um, I'm Jill Waterman and I've been doing uh, post-abortion ministry now since 1992. Wow. Um, I went through a program that was the precursor to the program that we use in 92. Um, I was 19 and in college when I had my abortion and just sort of I think became pro-choice for a while, and just really, really spiraled down into using a lot of alcohol, um, just a lot of relationships. Just kind of people were disposable to me, and I just yeah went through relationships like crazy. Uh, in 1986 was when I became a believer, and God started getting a hold of my heart there and getting more of a burden for this pro-life movement going over to the other side and not justifying my decision so much. And when my husband and I moved to Columbus, I was really interested in getting involved in a pregnancy um, help center. So I went there at the people and Um, the volunteer coordinator found out that I'd had an abortion and said, I really think you should go through this group before you um, do counseling with the other woman. And as I went through the group, it was just kind of one of those clear moments where God was like, this is why you're here. And uh, yeah, so that's how I got involved in the ministry. Um, A few years later, that pregnancy center really wanted to get the, program into a large church. So a woman I knew from church and I brought that over to our church and we've been, yeah, you know, leading groups there since 94. That's so
0: cool. I love that you've been doing this for so long. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. just a newbie compared to you, but mm-hmm. I love what you said. You said that you, your relationships in your life were once disposable. And um, I just so relate to that because I just didn't treat people well. Um mm-hmm. But now you just value people so much. I can't even imagine when you said that, I thought, gosh, I can't even imagine. I don't know you very well yet, but just the little interactions that we've had, I can't even imagine that you mm-hmm. you were like that. So God is, his transformation is powerful and beautiful. It really is. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah. All right, Kelsey, you turn.
3: Yeah, my name is Kelsey Egelhoff. And gosh, I guess I first did this group in 2015. I had to think about that. Um, right? Or yeah, 2015. And so I was a participant under Jill in this ministry in the heart group. Um, And my story is pretty interesting and and very involved. But just the quick synopsis is, um, I came to know the Lord at a very difficult time in my life and my marriage. I've been with my husband since high school. And there was um, a point in time where my life ended up being two separate lives, where I started having an emotional affair that ended up becoming a physical affair. So there was some infidelity. Um, there was, um, questions of paternity with my oldest daughter. Um, and then I found myself pregnant again. And in the midst of the secrecy involved with, you know, living that lie, no one knew about it. Um, I kept it very secret from all of my bleeding friends. Um, I, made the decision to have an abortion. And it was a really hard one. I had struggled to have children prior. Um, There were a lot of really difficult things that led up to that. But because I was so closed off to the Lord and to other people, um, it made this option a bit more viable. And so I made that decision. And then it took, gosh, probably like a year and a half later, um, I ended up getting pregnant very quickly uh, with my second daughter with my husband, Um, the affair had ended somewhat. um, And then going through having a second child and just, there was a lot that the Lord worked on and the spirit prompted me to finally share all of this. It all came to the light and I was able to confess it to my husband and to others in our group. Um, But I held on to my abortion experience. I just couldn't share that. It was still too unforgivable and difficult. And so um, through counseling and just, just discernment of my husband, that did come out. And um, thankfully, I found out about this ministry at our church. Um, it was wild to me how i had come to know Christ, but I didn't really walk with him, right? Until this confession and all this was out there. It was like night and day. Oh, it, just, it makes me tear up even thinking about it. Um, yes. How much the Lord just changed me and his word came alive and he, you know, just did so much that was transformative. And I was able to go through heart probably about six months. No, not even, I think it was like four months later, I was able to do a session not long after and just experience the power of this ministry, the power of grace and forgiveness. And, um, and that was huge. And so that was, you know, a while back, but since then it like, was one big step where I feel like I can go back to that pivotal moment of God really like coming through and providing and, um, and then giving me opportunities to use my experience. Um, my husband and I counsel, we've counseled other couples in our fellowship who have mm-hmm. struggled with infidelity and, and these, you know, difficult things in their marriage, but then also doing this with Jill. Um, I had to patiently wait for God's timing mm-hmm. to come alongside Jill and lead a group. We've had multiple groups where I was ready to help and then we wouldn't have enough women or something would cause us to cancel. So um, last January, about a year ago, was the first time that I got to do this with Jill and lead some women in this ministry. And it was also (laughs) during a very difficult time. My sister-in-law was in hospice and then actively dying and passed away during Mm -hmm. it. So again, I had to rely on the Lord a lot. and, um, And it's just something that I think God continues to just open my eyes to the possibility of how He can use our brokenness and use our stories uh, and uh, has a bigger plan, right? And yes. I had to go through some really difficult, painful things, but I'm encouraged by the way that He continues to just give me steps. and and I'm not afraid to tell my story. Um, there are pieces of it that impact other people, so I do have to hold some of it back. But in general, um, when we're in these groups, you know, these women, <laughs> we all have pretty messy stories, but when they hear the yeah. details of mine, it can really help them to open up and be vulnerable because I'm very open about what has happened, but also I'm very much giving God the glory because mm-hmm. he's the one that has me in a marriage with my husband that's stronger than it's ever been. And mm-hmm. I have two beautiful daughters that are very much the Lord's purpose and they're here for a reason and I just know that, you know, he's not done with it and I'm okay for whatever's next, if that makes sense. So,
1: yeah. Can I ask a question real quick? Yes. So this is going to be edited, correct? Or no? Uh Sorry. no uh, not much of it.
0: No, <laughs> okay. most of it most of it's just us raw going, you know. We just right. it's just us. Yeah, this will all, all right. be in there because you just showed all your right. shared your story, so I'm not okay. cutting that out.
2: <laughs> <Good. That's fine. laughs> Wonderful yeah. stories. God doesn't waste our pain and that is a yeah. power both of you. Appreciate you mm-hmm. sharing that.
0: Yeah, and you know, just a, a quick shout out to your husband. I mean, what a remarkable man. It takes a big man to forgive and to stand beside you and all of that and to come through on the other side and now be willing to share that story. That's, that's a beautiful testimony. So, wow. Thank you. And I, I, I would love to hear the rest of it someday. I know that mm-hmm. I can tell that's not the whole story. There's a whole lot more yeah. of that. And, and you
2: know, <laughs> and, it, it underlines, too, is we're doing abortion <clears throat> recovery ministry. I mean, it it's rippling out to other parts of lives. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got marriages, you've got other uh, relationships and situations that it, it touches. And mm-hmm. um, God heals it all. <laughs> yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, an abortion can be the thing that destroys a relationship. You had two things two major things you had yeah. the affair and an abortion whether it was his or not that's still exactly. a big piece for him to have to you know deal with because you're his wife you know mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's huge. So we want to talk a little bit about what you guys are doing. We'd love to have people on that are doing different studies. Linda and I use Forgiven and Set Free, but we know there's many studies out. In fact, I've got them all piled up on my desk right here because I'm mm. kind of glancing <clears throat> through all of them, getting ideas for some things. And um, you guys are, you? I don't have this one, actually. This is the one I don't have on my desk. <laughs> but um, tell <laughs> us about the study you're doing and why you chose it. Um,
1: when I went through... Um the post-abortion study that we did the program was called it was just called post-abortion syndrome trauma and it eventually came this program heart which stands for healing the effects of abortion related trauma and it's a seven session study that yeah we um yeah two women developed it i it was definitely touched by God. Um, it's, yeah, uses a ton of scripture, like forgiven and set free. But there's a lot of just interaction. There's a lot of material presented. Each session lasts about two and a half to three hours. Okay. So um, the women have a time where they've had homework that they had to do over the week. And they come back and they share their homework, and then we present the material for the next session. Um, each week focuses on a different a different topic, um, whether it's anger, forgiveness, guilt, shame. Um, each week focuses on reconciliation uh, with different different people people involved with your abortion, the people. Um, i'm I'm blanking out um
3: or even yourself
1: yeah there's yourself to
3: write we write a lot we do a lot of journaling and writing letters Mm -hmm. that aren't going to be sent i mean it's up to the women we we encourage them not to do anything until we finished all the Mm -hmm. sessions um but some of it is almost like a first draft and then as the lord opens up the issues Mm -hmm. and exposes more then they might tweak things and write more and yeah
1: yeah. we have a week where we focus just on god and then a week where we focus on the babies okay um mm
0: -hmm. yeah it just sounds like a lot of the topics that we do in forgiven and set free so where did you get a hold of this study
1: where do you buy it um well it's It's, not really it's just our
3: church's curriculum i guess i would say now Oh, okay yeah it's not something that's um sold or Mm -mm. you know and we've tweaked it somewhat over the years but Mm -hmm. um there are different resources that we've referenced um different books and things as as things have come out over the years but
0: well that's really interesting because and i don't remember if we talked about this um in our previous conversation but heartbeat put out an abortion recovery curriculum that is called heart
1: it's this program is based on that program that was the um curriculum that came out as a result of that um program that i went through and so it wasn't copyrighted at the time when we brought it into our church and we were given the freedom to add some material so we've added a couple different bible teachings to it Um, one is on the sanctity of life one is on the prodigal son and one is on Mm -hmm. um spiritual warfare
0: that's great. And
1: so, yeah. So, it's very, if you have heart from Heartbeat International, I bet it's very similar.
0: Okay. And so, then if somebody wanted to get this curriculum that's similar, they could just buy it from them. And do they, is that do, does Heartbeat have a store? Do you, I have never been out to see. You no,
1: know, I don't know. I don't know.
2: I'm going that's to trust someone.
0: Their while. website probably them. does.
2: I know for many of us that have been doing this for a long time, we all have added pieces from other things. Mm-hmm. I know I've got some surrendering the secret stuff that I've pulled in and saved one and mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. all these. And um, I think that's wonderful for us to be able to pull from all the different resources. I think it's fascinating that you're doing it through your church. I know that um, here in Tennessee, I am doing that through my church as well. Um, and we've been doing it about five years now and we're a fairly large church, but I'm finding that the attendance is kind of dropping off as we have covered a lot of the women in the, in the church, you know, um, is, has that been an experience for you and how have you kept that
3: alive in the church? <laughs> mm-hmm. great yes, for sure. I mean, in the few years that I've been um, wanting to work with Jill and, and be a co-leader, We've had a hard time getting women to come forward, mm-hmm. and so um, some of it we know was during COVID. That was a lot of some of our ministries struggled to get themselves back off, you know, of that stretch. Um, we've we've met with some of our leaders and our elders of our church to ask, you know, what are their thoughts? What is what are they hearing? Um, our church has a very large um, group in the college ministry. So that's typically where we have seen people over the years come forward, um, younger women. um, We still have a few that are women who've held on to this that just still have not disclosed Mm. their abortions. Um, But we also know that our church is very big in a high school ministry. And so one of the elders speculated that if these young ladies are learning about the Lord and giving themselves over to him, that maybe there aren't as many having unprotected sex as, you know in the past. I don't know. There's a lot we have been investigating in the last year because we wondered the same thing. Um, we've also part of what connected us with Mindy was the fact that we're looking at doing things virtually. Our church has planted other churches around Ohio and then even in Florida where they're starting these newer churches and there could be a possibility of this ministry branching and Mm -hmm. providing, um, service to women in those areas geographically if they're not um, part of those fellowships Um, but we have seen the numbers decline even though we know statistically um, they're still probably there it's just Mm -hmm. it's been it's been a challenge for us Mm -hmm. to like our current group we're doing right now we have four women and that was pretty amazing how the lord brought them together in the last few weeks but each time it's been for me, one of those, I'm like, okay, is this actually going to happen? Like I'm ready for it to happen. And then it hasn't. So it's been challenging to prep and be prepared um, and then let down when it doesn't. Any, yeah. any
2: insight on how to go about the, talking to a church about being a part of their, are you under the women's ministry or the counseling ministry or is there a particular slot that you're slipped into?
1: Yeah, we're under um, our pastoral care division. Okay. Our church, Um, when when I was doing, for a couple of years, I was doing the heart program with the Pregnancy Center here in Columbus, and we would go and speak at churches like Sanctity of Life Sunday, so you could get the word out that way. Um, In our church, uh, just since Kelsey and I have been working together, we were able to do a just a video testimony and put that on our church's like website under, you kind of have to look for it. Yeah. You, know, you have to like, go, oh, wait, you got to go to this and you got to go to this. <laughs> um, so it's, it's a little bit hidden, but when it first came out, our church will put out these personal stories. So that goes on sort of a weekly newsletter blast that goes out and And it was on
3: Instagram, like on their social media, Yeah, it
1: was on their social media page. So yeah,
3: because we recognize that our members of our church a lot, especially younger groups don't check email. And Mm -hmm. so that was part of it too, is that I just really felt like the word wasn't getting out there. Like we weren't hitting the target populations. And so we found that as we share um we our church does um women's uh, retreats with you know groups within a sphere which is just a couple different groups coming together and if we share things ourselves or if other there's other ways to sort of put a face with the story and this ministry that people respond um that's been impactful so we're hoping to get more of that out there in this coming calendar year but it has been difficult recognizing this sh- the shift in culture and um what we're able to do within the churches can find, you know, they have a lot that they put out there, a lot of announcements. So we're trying to do our best to get the word out when we Mm -hmm. have the groups. Um, but that has been a challenge too.
1: Yeah. And just with the political climate, I think people got gunshot, you know, not only COVID, but the political climate people just really
0: the a a recent law that over that got put in your, in Ohio's constitution, you think that made a difference from people coming forward?
3: I think it might've, and it might've caused like a hesitation on our elders part from like putting things, certain things out there. Initially um, mm-hmm. our church has had just some criticism even locally. So, you know, they deal with a lot and sort of trying to navigate those things. Um, so that's where we found being more of a, almost like a grassroots, um, I work at our church, our church has a school. And so even I've been more willing to share that I'm leading this ministry mm-hmm. with other leaders that are in other areas of the town, just mm-hmm. trying to say, Hey, if you know of a woman, you can say, you know, me, you know, cause sometimes knowing somebody, yeah. um, it helps and just mm-hmm. meeting with people, um, trying to be more open that way. Um, yeah. and then we have ideas of trying to, to do a workshop an equipping workshop for leaders or, um, just other things that could get people thinking about this, talking about this, and maybe just more aware that there could be women in their groups that haven't mm-hmm. disclosed their abortions, mm-hmm. and that you know, this is something that they need to
1: mm-hmm. to be in touch with. Yeah, Kelsey, you know, do, you actually, do you
3: actually? Do you actually? Oh, they are definitely out there. Um, do you actually meet at the church? Or in a well, home? We did prior to this group, but we actually meet here at Jill's house with our group currently. Um, we found it was especially we've had to be very flexible with this group. We've had challenges with schedule. We've had challenges with illness. Um, we had a our church is very willing to give a space that was private mm-hmm. and accessible, but um, it was in a big building. And, and this definitely is more comfortable and cozy. And yeah. we have. Jill's and her husband are very generous to give us the space and mm-hmm. their time. Um, she's not dealing with little kids running around mm-hmm. her pets, So, you know, we've had some of those things work out. So, so far that's been really great for this group of women.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that the college ministry, there, you've had some response out of them. So when you're getting the college students in, um, I, I'm, I'm going to assume, but maybe I'm very wrong, that they're pretty fresh from their abortion experience. And so, how is that? What are you seeing with those women? Maybe I should just generalize it.
1: Um, It is interesting. Some of the women that have come through, it's been more recent for sure. They maybe still have not shared with, you know, they might be living. Our church has houses where um, students live together, you know, that are focused on just trying to walk with God and stuff. So, we've had women that. Yes. haven't shared it with their house um, roommates and they've, you know, we've had some that have used the abortion pill, which I'm still trying to get up on all the information about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, different. I think there, there are more out there. Maybe they're not considering they didn't go to a clinic per se to -hmm. have their abortions. So I don't know if there's a disconnect there with, even viewing
0: it like an abortion um, well I Linda and I both worked on a, a helpline for abortion recovery uh, women could call in you know if they're struggling with their abortion and we would help find them resources for healing and I know a lot of the women that were within two years of their abortion calling you know because they're like gosh I this was this right idea I know I was making the right choice for my situation whatever that was but I can't understand why I feel this way. And really all they wanted to do is get out from under the grief. They really didn't want to face truth.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: They wanted to keep it in a denial space. That's why I'm wondering, you know, kind of what you're hearing from your girls that come in from college ministry.
3: Yeah. I mean, cause I feel like the women that have come through, even when they've been in those situations, um, it might be a barrier initially, but I think once they're in our group and they're <clears> willing, uh, that's where it's cool to see how each of these steps really unfolds and Mm -hmm. how the Lord just breaks down those barriers. Um, even with our current group and when I went through the group, there was one woman that was in the college ministry and young, um, she had some other trauma that was related with her story, but I feel like it was cool to see how God just really, you know, opened up all those things. And Mm -hmm. so I think getting them into our groups and getting them around the other people is the biggest hurdle because mm-hmm. once they're here um, at least when, since I've been around, I we've never had any issues with people not being able to sort of get to that end point or progressing mm-hmm. towards it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually the barriers leading up to it. That's the hard part. So they might be women who could call your helpline, but then they don't tell anybody else locally mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know, the spirit right. just a bit longer to mm-hmm. get them the courage to step forward.
1: And I think um, we, we, the week that we focus on reconciling with our babies, we do use the precious preborn model, mm. and if they haven't gotten through, you know, broken through that denial, that week really yeah. seems to do it. Yeah.
0: You know, yeah. it's really hard,
1: but but people come back, and they, you know, what I tell them is we we just want to take away anything that Satan can use. To Mm -hmm. accuse you anymore, you know this is the truth, and the truth will set you free. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we just really try and remove the things that Satan can still throw throw in our faces.
0: I like that. Take away anything Satan can use to accuse you anymore. Mm -hmm. That's really good. uh So on that, what what makes your study unique, special? What things are you doing? We talked about this mm-hmm. a couple months ago, and I wish I would have been more specific because I remember <laughs> we, we when you and I and Michelle got together and we were talking about the different object lessons that we do and just sharing those mm-hmm. back and forth, you guys started sharing some things. I'm like, that's pretty cool. I never heard of that mm-hmm. either. So the one that sticks out, and it's the only one I can really think of, is the grief is and guilt is. And I, I'd like for you mm-hmm. to talk about that because I feel like this is a really good object lesson that maybe somebody else like might. My- might like to adopt so if you could just walk us through that
3: mm-hmm.
1: you can okay so um it's similar to we just used your object lesson I think it was yours a day abortion is God is yes yes and that was amazing Kelsey yes, led yes, that, that exercise cool. and it was just yeah really a it's cool eye-opening eye- yeah it was yeah and linda you know what i'm talking about right yes mm-hmm. so they yeah. make this list of abortionists and then what god is and then kelsey went from that exercise into our sanctity of life teaching and it was just like the perfect setup and mm-hmm. a preparation of their hearts like oh yeah these two they don't yeah, mix like, for yeah. nothing no not at yes. all so um with the um guilt is grief is we just put up, you know, what do you think of when you think of guilt? And people list, yeah, they just list, you know, just this isolation and loneliness and just even the physical manifestations of guilt, uh, regret and nauseous and headaches and, you know, can't sleep. And so we let them work on that list for a while. And then we put up uh, another post-it or whatever, and, you know, grief is, and what are the things that you feel when you have grief? And when they, when you're able to view them side by side, they're probably about three quarters of the way, you know, three quarters the same. And so what you try and help them to see is that, you know, Maybe you've been feeling this guilt, but maybe it's this grief—the post-abortion grief—and mm-hmm. um, that really these, yeah. So it's just I think eye-opening for them to think of it in a different light. And then the last that we do that, I think, around week four, mm-hmm. um, and then the last session, week seven, we bring that back out as as we're just about done with the material and they take out that sheet and they rip off the guilt and we give them some time to pray through that. And then they um, either like rip it up, burn it, um, nail it to a cross. cross. So we've done different things and they just have to say, I'm no longer guilty. You know, it's just kind of this visual of I am done. I may still be grieving, and that may last a while. But I'm, you know, God's eyes. I'm not guilty anymore.
3: And I think I when that. I, yeah, when I went through the group and we did this, I was still pretty <clears throat> young and learning about grief. And I know for me, it was very eye-opening to see the overlap and to learn more about grief and just the physicality and all those things. And and you know, like you said, a lot of women think like this was the right decision for me and. I had to make this decision. It was my right, whatever their their like, you know, precursor thoughts. But then when they start to realize, like, oh no, I'm actually mourning this loss and and this is real and I can see it, then that also, you know, the guilt part, of course, is there. And that's a big piece that we have to work through with them. But the grief part, it's like accepting that and being like, oh yeah, I need to grieve. I need to be okay. With the fact that these things are normal and it's healthy to, you know, mm-hmm. experience and let out. And um, and I think I had shared with you, Mindy, how last year when we went through that group, my sister-in-law passed away. And so even for me as a leader yeah, to then grief. see the Lord, yeah, like just experiencing grief in a very difficult personal way, it was like totally his timing also just to, you know, have that yeah. awareness. Mm-hmm. Cause I think it's something we continue mm-hmm. to learn as we're in the brokenness of this world and having to grieve various losses. Um, it's just a cool extra piece that, yeah, I don't know, it was pretty mm. neat to see how it sort of came back full circle.
2: Yeah. I know, <laughs> I've, I've seen that be so helpful to separate the guilt and the grief. And one of the illustrations I use is it's like, it's having polarized sunglasses and looking through the this tinted window in the car you know it's like yeah. you've got two different issues and as long as you're trying to deal with them both together nothing's clear mm-hmm. and when you can separate those things out um it, it all comes clear so i love that yeah. that's great mm-hmm.
0: that's a great visual too um you know i'm thinking about just the the what you went through with the death of your sister and I, you know not knowing any of the circumstances because sometimes we feel guilt um at other people's deaths you know when they die for whatever reason yeah you know, i didn't do this or regret or whatever mm-hmm. but i imagine for the most part you knew this wasn't something that you were attached to this but it, it, you know in in terms of responsibility so there was no guilt there and so now you were clearly able to see how grief is disassociated sometimes with guilt like like how mm-hmm. what am i trying to say how She's grief separate, can thanks. yeah how it's definitely different but yet Oh yeah, there are a lot of the overlapping feelings, and I mm-hmm. I just think that's beautiful. That in some respects, and don't get me wrong, I'm not glad that your sister passed away. Okay. Um, I'm very yeah. sorry for that. But I'm in some respects, I think it's a very beautiful as a leader that God gave you that opportunity in that moment while you're mm-hmm. in that group to um just really come alongside your your ladies. That's kind of mm-hmm. a beautiful thing. Yeah. God keeps growing us; he doesn't keep us mm-hmm. where we're at. And he wants us to have a more sharpened perspective and view of what we're doing, what we're teaching, right? What we're leading them through. And, you know, even though we might have one experience with it, having another experience like you, Kelsey, just sharing with us completely reshapes that perspective Mm -hmm, and clarifies mm -hmm. that understanding. That's, to me, beautiful. So I think that's just something else that, you know, it's kind of an add on bonus, everyone that's listening, you know, if... If you're a leader in a group, expect that God will, you know, give you these opportunities while not easy, certainly the loss of your sister wouldn't have been easy, but, um, it's for your growth and your, um, purification for you to be a better leader and to bring Mm -hmm. those into your groups and, um, bless the women.
3: Yeah, Yeah. I could definitely say, I feel like that part of the experience last year was also me a hundred percent having to rely on the Lord because it was tough. You know, I'm a mom of two kids. My husband travels during this time of year. I was juggling a lot. And then when Jill and I were like, okay, this is, this group's happening. My sister-in-law is declining. It was all like happening. And I very much am the type of personality where I like to control and help make things work. <laughs> and I just was like, okay, well, <laughs> you know, I'm going to be present. And he provided, you know, I was able to still make it to all the meetings. Um, The funeral was at a different day, you know, just the way that he really helped me to get through, I think will be a foundational piece that will always come back to um, doing this ministry because I saw how much he was there and how Mm. much it was a powerful experience, even though it was the most difficult time to go through.
1: Um,
3: His timing is perfect and he does things and moves mountains in ways that we can't always see as we're going through it. And so as a leader, I feel like that was an important piece for me to to see and um that I'll carry on, you know, in all ways of my life, but then especially in this ministry.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. There's um another exercise that we do, which I'm not super familiar with, you know, the other abortion abortion programs out there because we've just stuck with this one. It was approved by our church, you know, so Mm -hmm. we um if we chose to use another program, we'd have to go through another process but um we have the women write a letter to god okay and then they write a letter back from god to your program do you guys do anything like that
0: now
2: yes i've heard the one coming back
0: yeah we we write a letter to god and the letter that is written in our program is specific to their responsibility in their abortion so i'm writing letter to god stating my responsibility in my abortion Mm -hmm. experience but no the letter back uh -uh.
1: that's interesting
0: yeah yeah so tell us a little bit about that
1: very powerful so they write a letter to god just you know whether they're angry they just express it all you know some of them are just struggling with anger still towards god um but they do you know state their how sorry they are you know just their confession and repentance about their abortion But, um, and we just have there's so much scripture in the curriculum that we use. So we give them many, many pages on identity truths, who I am in Christ. Um, uh, yeah, just all this identity truth. And then we have them write a letter back to themselves from God, because his word is a personal love letter to us. And, um, and the letters are just so personal. So we're not telling, you know, they're not coming up with something that isn't in God's word, but they're directing it back to themselves. And it is a very powerful lesson, or yeah, powerful object lesson to do. And yeah. It makes, I think
3: it makes the women have this personal touch to the scriptures that are really speaking to them. And like we said, we give them so much, right? And so they can choose to delve into it or not. Um, but I know for me, like some of those verses that I referenced in my letter are the ones that are my like go-tos, you know, still today. And things that like I really memorized mm. or I have post my house is covered in Bible verses. Everyone always laughs, <laughs> but, you know, I'm not the best always at memorizing, but, um, but that letter is a really powerful one. Um, and each woman's is different you know, and they're like, what was their story and the way the Lord spoken to them. Um, But it's something that they can come back to and read when they might be feeling down or struggling with other areas in the future. It can be a really great resource to have with their materials when they're finished. And you have them read it in class. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All the homework. We really encourage people to share their letters. I mean, it really validates, Mm -hmm. I think, what Mm -hmm. they've been through and you know, sometimes 100%. the emotions come at that point yes. when they're sharing
0: that. Yes, absolutely. You know, I really like that. Um, thank you for sharing that um, because it also helps you as a leader to see where they're at. Mm-hmm. You know, after you've gone through all this, it's we have a, a different letter that we have them write. I do, um, in uh, after our forgiveness chapter, forgiving others, I have them write a letter. To a post-abortive woman. And it's addressing three points. So what they want them to know about their feelings towards their abortion, right? Because our abortion is an event. It's our feelings that are so that get us all wrapped up, right? And then um what they need to know about God and how they can move forward. And in that letter, it helps me as a leader kind of determine what they've learned, you know, because while we think they're writing it to somebody else, they're, tend- they're actually writing it to themselves. So you have them just write scripture back to themselves, which I think is beautiful because that's just a hundred percent truth. Like with my, with the letters that they write to the post of women, sometimes there, there's some things that are a little off. <laughs> like, Well, you know, Sorry. that's not a hundred percent, but um, with scripture, it's always a hundred percent truth. And it's just like reading a scripture and inserting your name into it. But now you're just writing it down to yourself with your name in it. And so that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, well, we have come to the end of our time, and uh, once again, I thoroughly enjoyed um, visiting with you, ladies. They're our first conversation, I just just fell in love with you too. So I Hello. really hope we can do this again and um, just talk about other <laughs> things, since we certainly didn't get through all of our questions. I know, I was,
3: like all of our questions. Yeah. I know,
0: <laughs> and I had some specifically for you, Kelsey. And I'm sitting here going, why did I have those just for you? I don't know if you mm-hmm. remember. Was there something specific that we talked about?
3: No, I. I don't know if it was just being at the stage of life that I'm at, like you said, okay. like juggling. I don't know. but
1: yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I remember okay. you were saying just with Kelsey being a newer leader, just, you know, trying to encourage other people who uh, are in that space. Well, um, let's come back to that. A-
2: Jill, what a blessing. I know for uh, speaking as uh, the older ones that have been in this for a long time to have a Kelsey, you know, we all oh want a Kelsey.
1: God. You <laughs> are still <so> not kidding.
0: <laughs>
2: yes, yes. That, yeah. that new generation coming up is one, yeah. something we pray for all the time. So yeah. Kelsey, thank you. All
0: right. All right. Well, you guys Thanks. take care. Yeah, yeah, thank you, so ladies.
1: Nice meeting you, Linda. Yeah, yeah. you too. Mm-hmm. Take care. Bye.